with us, we have Katie McRae, and Katie is a teacher, and I certainly feel a very unique teacher with um, a beautiful approach to her teaching, uh, in that her focus is well-being. And we're going to have a little bit of a chat today to Katie about, um, from a teacher's perspective, how it is teaching highly sensitive children, and in fact, not just highly sensitive children, but making sure that all children are seen. And um, that challenge of being able to meet those needs of every unique child. Um, so as we know, we understand that in every classroom, if we had 20 kids in a class, there are possibly four of them who are highly sensitive. And these children, they're born with a nervous system that's highly aware and often quick to react to everything. And this can mean that these kids may prefer to reflect deeply before taking action. They may be quick to grasp the subtle changes going on. They may be termed conscientious or sometimes even, and I've got inverted commas here, shy. Uh, that's, a, that's another topic for a whole hour. Mm. <laughs> um, they can be easily overwhelmed by sudden change, high levels of stimulation, uh, such as noise or, or lots of activity. And they're most likely affected by the emotional distress of others. So they're picking up on the, you know, the emotions of everyone around them. Um, not all HSP children are actually calm and inward. Others may be outwardly challenging, so they might be overreactive, they might be demanding, and they might be persistent. So being highly sensitive, it's not an illness, as we, we know, and it's not a syndrome, it's, it's a temperament. So Dr. Elaine Aaron um, has a little quiz as well that you can, um, if you're playing along at home, you can, you can do that's on her website, and we're going to attach that link into the show notes. But let's get underway. Um, so welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's very exciting. Um, we'd love for you to share with us your perspective. So as a teacher um, who has a really special interest in kids' well-being, um, how on earth did you get to this point? Well, pretty much my career started in the early years. So early childhood has been my focus to study and then with my career and I just noticed from childcare, preschool, and then now to primary schools that I was noticing kids. So when you're in the early year settings, you've got smaller group sizes. But then as you progress to primary school, you've got up to 25, 28 children. And I kept getting comments from people and families that were just saying, oh, you're really noticing the ins and outs and the uniqueness of my child. And the more comments that I got, the more I realize that within myself of what was happening in the classroom and that even though we're engaging in this lesson I was noticing each child within that lesson it wasn't just us sitting at a desk getting ready to do our maths lesson or our English but I was noticing facial expressions and movement of their bodies and I guess how they were feeling and so then as things progressed and I sort of monitored each class. I've done a lot of work in prep. So as I'd notice children coming in, you're meeting them for the first time, and so is everyone in the school. And I just could see that the resilience of children was declining each year, that the confidence of children was declining each year. So I started to explicitly teach some core wellbeing practices and teach and share what feelings and emotions are and what they might feel like in children's bodies and what thoughts they might have in their self-talk and we just started to explicitly teach it so that's how I got my well-being focus just by noticing that we don't just know these things especially as 
the resources of children in our busy lives probably aren't as strong, the things that they're working with day to day, that they needed that support no matter what child they were and what background they came from. Mm. And so if you have a room with 20 to 30 children, there are a lot of different temperaments and a lot of different personalities in there. Yeah, definitely. And different behaviours. And you're saying so you can see these children. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just this innate thing where talking about highly sensitive, you know, I am one. So, And I didn't know that at the time. So I also didn't know from the beginning of my career that I was innately doing all of these things. I didn't notice that my way of interacting and connecting with children was different to anybody else. It was through other people's observations of what was happening and the progress, I guess, of children within their time spending their learning environment with me. It was the feedback that got me there. So I sort of think it's flipped around. You know how people say, treat others how you'd like to be treated. I kind of had this revelation going, that's what I was always doing. Mm -hmm. And then I flipped it to go, hang on, let's now treat myself how others treat me. And all that, you know, just that, Mm. I think it goes both ways. So you'll either be really attuned to yourself or you'll be really attuned to others. And through what I've done, I feel like we've got both going on. So as much as I have a really clear understanding of who I am now, I feel like I can see that in others as well. So you've used the opportunity of actually seeing the children and learning through looking at them to actually then see more about myself. Yes. (laughs) And in doing that, it's helped me empathise with people that I work with or families that I come in contact with and then ultimately each and every little being in my classroom. Yeah. And before that realisation, would you suffer from energy dips or, you know, even little mood challenges or anything? Before yeah. Before that understanding? Yep, and I didn't know what was going on because I've ultimately had this perception of me that, oh, she's got so much energy, she's so happy. People would sometimes say to me, why are you smiling, what do you want? I was like, wow. Mm, um, <laughs> what? I don't actually want anything but to just be here and be a positive energy this is just how I naturally am and it wasn't until other people's interactions with me and reflecting on all those things like I do I reflect quite a lot um that I started to I guess challenge what I knew about myself you know if someone asked you that question I was shocked initially and I went no nothing then I thought about it and I still came up with a, no, I don't want anything. <laughs> this is just how I want to be. But it made me think about it more. So the more I've reflected on how other people see me and ultimately how I saw people before I even knew that I saw people mm. in such a unique way, yeah, it's it's completed the circle, I guess. Very cool. That is pretty cool. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> here you go, oh, my God. Um, Absolutely. That's pretty cool. And so, so how would you, and obviously you've got, you know, you've discovered these superpowers and you're using them for good because often it can be quite overwhelming when you don't understand that you're sensitive mm. to have all this going on and, you know, you cry when you feel other people and you, you're so in tune with others and when you don't understand that, you know, that can be quite a drain. You've flipped this and you are using this as gold, as a superpower. 
Yeah. So how do you then help other little ones in the class who are also highly sensitive but have no idea about this concept? I guess it's the conversations. Mm -hmm. So I know that, you know, a four-year-old, they may not be able to understand, but, and this might be a little bit off topic, but I remember one year we did a fun run at school and one of the little preps came up to me and said, oh my goodness, my heart, it's its beating, it's, it's oh, something's happening, thinking that she's unwell. Oh. And, and I just noticed that, hang on a second, you've just run this race, mm-hmm. that you've never run this distance before for this intent. You don't know that feeling. Mm-hmm. And it made me think, hang on a second, every feeling that you're having mm-hmm. is new and mm-hmm. we need to talk about it. But then... The challenge for me is that when you talk about something new with a child, say you talk about, for example, we're at the start of a school year, you talk about noise levels, all of a sudden every child is hypersensitive to noise levels. (laughs) So it's that getting the understanding in there, in that bank of information that they can draw upon, but also making sure that they're not latching onto it too much Mm -hmm. because then you'll be like, oh, there's noise, and it was just a bird chirping outside, you know. (laughs) But because it's new, they can't quite get that balance. Yeah. And I think for me, I'm not saying that I've got the total balance because I do have such a range of emotions and feel things, but I kind of look into it from the outside a little bit as well. So in terms of while something's happening, I can know that that's how I'm feeling mm-hmm. rather than getting carried away with an emotion mm-hmm. and then at the end going, oh, why did I do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can sort of step myself through it most times especially within the classroom Mm -hmm. because that's my focus, yeah. So that to me sounds like, and, you know, tell me if I'm not on on mark, but emotional intelligence is huge. Yeah. And it's something I'm hugely passionate about is that actually as humans we can feel a spectrum of emotions, but unfortunately the culture is at the moment to shut that down. Yeah. Yeah. And to say that there's negativity in some emotions and yeah. positivity in others. Yeah. And I still feel like that because my goal would be to create a pathway back to feeling happy and calm and content yeah. because you're still wanting to get back there. But allowing myself or the children in my class to feel an emotion that happens mm. or to acknowledge it at least yeah. is important. But it's been a challenge for me because people are used to seeing me happy bright bubbly and if I did feel sad and let that be shown people would try and stamp that out of me straight away even my own close family yeah would say oh you'll be right yeah Mm. yeah and And I'm a feeler I have to feel it yeah Yeah. but I don't like to let myself feel it too deeply so that might be something that I have to work on but you know Mm. for short periods of time that's okay Mm. to work through it deeply but yes I did spend a lot of my time trying to avoid that because I was used to being a certain way Mm. and 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 the brain is hardwired to move Mm. away from pain it's just it's evolutionary fact Mm. that if we feel pain we immediately want to run from it and we close it down yep however there's so much learning and understanding and feeling that emotion and Susan David talks about emotion being data not direction so you know I always use the example of mother guilt, for example. Mother guilt doesn't mean that I now have to go and buy that thing for my kid or 
whatever it is, change my schedule to spend time, all that means is that the connection between that child and I is really important and I value it. Yeah. So becoming really savvy with our emotions is amazing. Mm. How important is it for children to get this at this age? Mm. You know, I think every time we're talking now to someone, we just see the importance of what we really need to be helping kids with. Mm. You know, maybe not so much focus on the academics and the, you know, the drive and, and we just really, this perception shift is going to help, you know, yeah. create a healthier, happier adult population. Yeah, the foundation needs to be set. So mm. even in the early years of school life, we're learning how to learn mm-hmm. and that includes all of those things like how to be organised because to be organized, then you can start to feel and show success at something. You know, how can we be confident in who we are in ourselves, which is tough for anyone, let alone yeah. a young child. All of those things need to be there before we can start to worry about the data and yes. what's being learnt because we all have our own timeline anyway. Mm. Yeah, if the core baseline is there, then you're going to start to build on it. And things, our life is such at a fast pace now. Absolutely. Yeah, everything. Do you think we're getting the pause in our life to actually stop and reflect on this? And do you, what do you see in kids? I see that. So we do some mindfulness or relaxation practice every day. Mm-hmm. And at the start, children kind of look at me like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And... I make sure that I say, okay, check in with your body. Are you feeling fidgety today? Because that's all right. Mm. Or do you need a bit of... Some children just can just lay and be still and that's what they obviously need. Mm. All of that, we talk about it and it's explicitly sort of run through so that the practice makes sense to them. And But then within a week, they're asking me, is it time? Is it time to do our relaxation now? Mm. So I don't think we are getting to stop and pause because... Once you then routine it in to life, mm. they're wanting it to be there. Mm. So that means it probably wasn't there before. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's so important, isn't it? And I, I heard Dr. Elaine Aaron speak. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry, I've got a croaky voice. <clears throat> so do I. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. <laughs> um, and she actually said part of the learning about who she is is that she requires pause in her day. She actually has calculated that she needs three hours in total throughout the day. And that might be, yes, a bit of meditative practice or mindfulness. But that's also the downtime. And that's downtime of just resting. Or I know in my case, I'm recharging by just sitting with my animals. Like they, that's my charging time, my downtime. And I now know every day I need this set time. You know, whether it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour. And... Everyone knows I'm a happier person, but I can walk out of that room again after spending just that time, you know. Yeah. But you, we've got these expectations on these kids. I mean, I look at my kids' timetable and I go, I would not be functioning if, you know, if I didn't have these pauses. How are they going to school from 9 till 3 flat out? Yeah. You know, often even it's 8 to 3 flat out. Then, you know, we come home and we have this quick bite to eat and then we're off to an activity they're just go 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 and mm. i'm worn out they've probably got a little bit more resilience i think than i do mm. but we don't stop none of us are yeah and all, kids. all those things are activities they might be <coughs> activities that we choose to do or that we enjoy doing or are challenged by but mm. 
they're still activities external to you in a way. Mm. So mm. when is the moment for you? Mm. And that might be you stopping and being in your own space, wherever that may be, and, you know, practicing some mindfulness. Whereas for me, it's not that because I have to keep moving, but that's just because I know who I am and sitting still isn't for me. So like you said, I will even just go out into my yard and listen to the birds and I might be still doing something, but I'm also taking in the moments as I'm doing it. So, and that, but that's for me and it might involve other people, but the way that I think and I am, that's how I get my break space. And I think it's beautiful to acknowledge, Katie, that everybody is different, you know. I loved that you said if fidgeting is for you, that's how you do it. <laughs> then that's, I think when we use the mind, particularly the word mindfulness, we think of stillness and quietness and, you know, one, one I don't know, it just doesn't fit all, I guess. That's right. And the classroom, that seeing that in the classroom is your ultimate way to have success with a class of students because I'm really into trying to understand who I am and where I'm coming from and where where my values lie because I do and I do a lot of those little click box sort of personality (laughs) tests and all that but it helps me understand me and my relationship with the people that I work with who are there for all the same goal for those children but then it also helps me understand that there are 25 yeah. or 8 or whatever the number of bodies in your classroom there are those amount of hearts as well and those you know that amount of preferences and personalities and all of that to see to know you is to then help you know others but I just did that in the reverse yeah. so I just had this focus of children first and then I worried about me <laughs> but well, it's all come around in the end at least you worried about you yeah. Yeah, other people right. don't they yeah. have their external focus always and then don't understand why they feel burnt out yeah mm. well, don't sometimes they say that what you need to learn the you most teach you the teach most. Yeah. yeah teach what you need to learn the yeah. most That's so us. <laughs> when I said that we stop for our relaxation time I do it with them and that can be hard because if I've got preps <laughs> You know, yeah, but to yeah, to, to, to model yeah. to model yeah. is so so important. Yeah. Because yeah. if they don't see an adult making a mistake or dealing with a challenge or stopping and pausing in their world, they're not going to know that it's a thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. if you're going, like you said, from school, you most people have no clue how busy we really are in the school day and the tightness of a timetable and just school is such a unique world you know imagine going into town and putting your hand up and expecting all the people around you to raise their hand and be quiet as well you know it's such a unique environment but then you have school pick up time and then we go to this extracurricular activity and then we make sure that we're home in time for dinner and then it's just routine, routine, routine. That's right. And I think routine's important, but I'm the first person to say that I actually I'm not a big routine mm. person. I've had yeah. to teach that mm. to yes. myself because that's the world I operate in. Mm. Yeah. So mm. And how important is it to have you know, I mean I know as an adult, but even as a child, so for example, one day this week, um, my team, we I, I just said, Yeah, down day. You, and I know we're only three weeks into the year. An incredibly highly sensitive little mm. one who already is in that place of overwhelm, 
and you know no pauses there's just no pause in the day so uh, and a weekend isn't enough to recharge so as an adult like I said I know I need my break time these kids you know I think there there needs to be that importance of recognizing listening to their body and listening again to the emotion and hang on I'm actually my cup is empty I need a recharge day yeah and you imagine starting a new job as an adult Every school year is actually starting a new job for a child. They're with a different mix of students, even if they're familiar with all of them. They're with a different teacher who has a different personality, a different Mm. style, a different way of interacting. And it might be so far removed from their last teacher Mm -hmm. that their whole expectation and their reality has completely changed. Yes. And it's not necessarily to say that it's a negative or a positive, but they're having to get used to someone else's trigger points. So something that may have worked well for them last year may not be tolerated or vice versa yeah. the next year. They might be sitting next to someone who is really different or like if they're a highly sensitive person, they're taking on different energies and everyone will deal with the beginning of a new environment or year differently as well. Mm-hmm. Some may find that really exciting. Some may find that terrifying. It's just, it's big. Even as a teacher, we go, I'm just drained at the end of each day at Mm -hmm. the moment. Not to say that my days aren't brilliant, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm the sort of person that will talk through it and not just sit quietly and recharge. Mm -hmm. So my poor partner's finding out all these things that he really doesn't understand because he's not a teacher, (laughs) but he's hearing about it. Yeah. 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 Mm. And what, and like you said, your, your absolute focus is self-development and understanding you yes what do you and you understand that you're sensitive so you understand that you know you've got a child who's off you you detect that the moment they walk in what about other teachers who don't realize that perhaps they're highly sensitive and cecilia and i speak a lot about the teaching profession burnout yes and but any of these roles that are almost in a caring Mm. there's perhaps a higher likelihood of more sensitive people you know in these yeah roles. well that's the core business you know we're in a people mm. industry nurturing relationship building connections all of that that's our core and if you don't have that it's a challenge how do you stop taking home the energy of everyone in your classroom oh well last year i it got away with me at one stage and i was well and truly into the year so i knew my class of children and then one time I just realized I was driving home each day from school going, I am, I'm drained. I'm emotionally exhausted. Why? Nothing's changed. And it was something that had changed in my personal life, life and something that I'd then connected with school. And then all of a sudden I was having more empathy for certain children in my class and all of this. And, but I had to actively go, hang on. And it was through my chatting with others that I realized that's what had happened. Mm-hmm. And I had to, consciously put a wall back up a bit Mm. but i i don't know it is a challenge to think if you're not aware of that are you blissfully unaware Mm. or Mm. are you not aware of that and you're starting to suffer from signs of burnout Mm -hmm. i for me the only thing that i connect with at the moment is that go online and do a little personality i don't know that's how it worked for me so i don't know it could be other methods for other people but as a teaching profession we each year talk about our professional goals so it's it starts with conversation but Mm -hmm. if you're an internal person that doesn't really 
outsource your problems <laughs> like I do. And I guess for me, when I think about burnout, a lot of it for me and in the work that I do, I see burnout as when your heart and your mind are not in alignment. Mm. And the extra pressure on teachers to reach all these expectations now, particularly with the you know, national curriculums, benchmarks, all these sorts of things that have to be done. But at the same time, if you're feeling that, you know, you're feeling your class and you may be, be bold enough to say, feeling that the structure isn't quite working, then but you know what you need to do to be seen as a successful teacher. Yes. That could be mm. quite a conflict. And conf- internal conflict like that, when heart and mind are not aligned, that causes burnout. Yeah, mm. and I'm probably... An interesting example being that fitting in a box for me doesn't always work. So I actually use that understanding of a, of the child and just keep paying attention to the fact that there are there are people in my classroom. There are a lot of boxes that I need to tick. And a wonderful colleague of mine said, how big is your pile? And as teachers, we're blessed with all the social media of Here's what my classroom looks like. Here's a mm-hmm. here's a beautiful image of it, immaculately clean and colourful and bright. And I think the overstimulation of teaching as a profession can be overwhelming. And really, if you've got this massive to-do list, which we all do, mm-hmm. if one thing doesn't get done, notice the next day, did my world fall apart? Mm-hmm. Did the children not learn something today because of that? And your answer will often be no. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'll put my hand up and say, oh, I'd love a Pinterest classroom. And I do try, at least at the start of the year, to put up relative things to me so I might make some pretty signs about growth mindset. And I might put a few little aspirational quotes up there because that helps me connect with my classroom mm-hmm. as well as I know that I'll go down that road with the students but I don't really need to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a choice. And I guess the more you're aware that sometimes you can say no. And I've had many meetings where people have just said, Katie, just stop putting your hands up. Mm-hmm. You know, just say no. You're already busy, but because that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a challenge, but I have to be aware of that all the time. As a, as a parent and, and, and as a human being, <laughs> I think one of our absolute core requirements, both personally and for our children, is that need to be seen. So if you're not meeting any other benchmark educationally, you have just given every single child in that room something for life. So for anyone to be told, I see you, I feel you, I understand you. And I'm giving you a bit of time just for you, which is so hard. But you know that getting down to their level, eye contact and like I might build into my day or my routines for managing behaviours a reward system where I don't fill a box with prizes because we spend a lot of our money already and I think they don't need that extrinsic sort of stuff. But it might be lunch with the teacher for Mm -hmm. say... And, oh, wow, I just, it's a prize for me. It takes up a bit of my time, and we're very time poor, but because of my personality, my need to connect is pretty huge. So last week I got to sit down and say, 
hey, what's your favorite color? Or what was your best bit of today so far? What was your challenge? And actually talk to a child about them and also share a little bit about me, obviously with the boundaries that were needed in place, but I need to be seen and I need them to know a little bit about who I am. So from day one, I'm getting questions like, why do you like pineapple so much? Is your favorite color yellow? Because I need to show my personality. And so even if that's not a, a child's preference because a child might like to sit back and just observe, but to give them that little moment of a smaller group or one-on-one time is just mm-hmm. you're seen, you're heard. Mm-hmm. And every child in the class might put their hand up for answering a question every lesson and a day might go past that they don't get chosen once. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. And, it, I, you know, it happens. It really does. And it's something they have to learn to be resilient about. Mm-hmm. But imagine that. Imagine sitting in a classroom for that many hours in a day and actually not getting your chance to Mm. say a little something. It's quite funny that um, just as my children have gone through school and I've become friends with teachers, I've actually realised not to an adult, which sounds quite silly, that teacher are people too. Yeah, (laughs) hugely. Because as a kid, I didn't grasp that concept. And people that are giving so much and people that are spending so much time with your child that as much as your child might be sad to see a year end, we probably go home and have Mm. a bit of a moment Mm. because we've lived for that child for a whole year. Mm. Well, don't worry, the parents went home and had a few tears too, especially (laughs) last year. (laughs) Yeah, and I think you are in such, teachers have such an impactful role. Mm. Um, And... that can get lost in the paperwork. Yeah. And it's all, it also goes both ways. So if I was talking to other teachers, yes, we can really value that role. Like it's a privilege. But also we put so much stress and pressure on ourselves that I would also say it, will work, it works in reverse as well. So a lesson might not have gone to plan yeah. or something might have happened that is one hour of one day in a whole year Mm. that you have with that child. Or you might have a year with a child where you just, did I have a breakthrough? And you're questioning yourself, did we get where we wanted? That is one year in 12 years of schooling. And it's a very important year and, you know, never take that part lightly, but also in the scheme of the world, don't beat yourself up on it too much Mm. because life is so broad and so big as well. So, yeah, it's it's a fine line to balance and walk along, really, isn't it? Between mm, it caring is. and caring too much yep. mm. or caring to the detriment of your own well-being. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's such expectation from everyone, you know, especially parents, on teachers too. Mm, and that's right. And you could have potentially 20 to 30 different sets of parents. Yes. Oh, yeah. And just like we said of the children in your class, then you might have different parents with different personalities and even the mum and the dad you know it Mm, it, different expectations our people skills and our the amount of energies that you connect with every day is just it can be extremely overwhelming what do you do for self-care to come down from that (laughs) meet more people (laughs) (laughs) do we point out that katie's an extrovert highly sensitive (laughs) yeah um 
Yeah. My initial, my, I know, yes. I think Cecilia and I both would be Downtime. running after a rock. Yeah. <laughs> <Hiding> under it. <laughs> I thrive on connecting with more people. You know, I've been at three schools in three years and that's hard work. But then I just constantly say to myself, how lucky. I am so grateful to have met all of these different people with this knowledge that I can engage in, you know, but that's why I'm don't fit in a box <laughs> we love you not I, fitting I in a box yeah. and I don't think anyone should not yeah. in a box actually no. I don't I think but we should boxes. smash the box yes. mm. <laughs> but I guess so I'm saying that I like to have a chat I will write then mm. thanks to your advice I was writing many years ago and stopped because my voice got changed a bit you know like I was writing about like a blog about my transfer from Brisbane to a smaller town to keep my family in the loop and then that sort of didn't become so relevant anymore and so then I stopped Mm -hmm. but I've got a busy head I've got thoughts all over the joint you know so I just yeah I'll just get my primary school color felt pens out and (laughs) make little pictures on a piece of paper because we all work with technology so often and I love it you know I do a lot of things and work with technology a lot, but then a piece of paper and a pen, and you know, it's you know, it's a that's my mindfulness. That's get those ideas out, or just be for a second. But it's still me being a little bit busy, and I'm still mm-hmm. talking. Mm. But, but that's just for me. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It's... Or getting those those thoughts that just cycle around a little bit too much. Just get them out. They right. don't. I mean, I explicitly teach that to the children. So I constantly say, follow it yourself, Katie. <laughs> don't forget about, don't forget that you've got to do this too. So. That's amazing. Wow. There's so much in there. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had one tip for other teachers, um, what would that be? Find your way of knowing yourself first. Even though I did it backwards, figure out, who you are within your team because it validates. I mean, you don't need a little quiz to validate yourself, but I did for some reason because I'm a bit of a one percenter. When I found out that that was a, a personality trait, that was a strength, I was like, oh, so all those people that didn't quite understand me, no, I was, that's why. They're this character trait, I'm this one. Sometimes they don't cross paths smoothly or some you know sometimes the understanding isn't necessarily there because they might not have understood what their personality was so if you know who you are whether that is taking some free online quizzes about whether you're introverted or extroverted or whether you've got these tendencies in the work environment or when you're under stress find out who you are because it'll help you empathize Mm -hmm. or might help you know when it's time to switch off when it's time to put some music on or, you know, I will use podcasts to listen to other people's stories for a while so I'm not playing mine out. (laughs) So that's been the key for me. So obviously you speak from what you know, don't you? So finding out about me has really validated where I've, even in hindsight, where I really had no idea, I've been on this path for, you know, 15, 20 years of a career. So... That just really helped me. Mm. So that would be my tip because that's meaningful to me. Yeah. 
So am I hearing you say what's really important actually is to become accepting of who you are? Yeah. And once you are accepting, quirks and all. And knowing that you're in an industry where there are lots of specifics. Mm. So it's very rule driven. There's a lot of expectation and on everyone. Mm. So if you understand how easily you might work within that or how some areas of that might be a struggle for you, it's going to help you be a better a better person in that industry. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of schools, so three schools in three years for me and every school has done a team building activity or workshop where we've done every time a different personality test because schools are really looking at that high-performing teams Mm. type of thinking so that we all have something to contribute and it's all completely different Mm. sometimes you don't need to look outside to get the expertise it's already Mm. there Mm -hmm. most of the time yes we just don't trust the inner guidance that we have yeah yeah awesome Excellent. Well, <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> feeling totally inspired. Um, well, you are just totally inspired and inspiring. Mm. So I am. Um, I personally am very, very grateful and blessed to have had you cross paths with one of my children in in their life. And oh, it goes both ways. Cannot highly. Oh, I can't speak highly enough of you um, and what you're doing. And I just think this whole direction that you're taking teaching i feel that you you are shining a light for other teachers for parents and for children and you know creating healthier happier children so thank you so much you're welcome so much wisdom in there